Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. This is episode Sweet 16 of Upon Further Review. I'm Barry Horn, sitting here in the studio. And Evan Grant, where are you? Um, in Minneapolis. Are you awake yet? Barely. And Kevin Sherrington, of course, is on vacation again. So let's talk about the Rangers today, Evan. Are they... This may be a standing bit, Barry, that like Kevin is on vacation every week. It's not a permanent vacation, we hope, but uh, could be. But let me ask you this. Are the Rangers legit or should they quit? You've, you've just been wait- you You dropped that in the email to me and you've been waiting to use that, haven't you? Yes, I have. Can you add, are they legit? Are they a threat for the postseason? I've, listen, given where we are in the season with, with barely over 50 games to play and the fact that the American League hasn't run away from them, they're, they're very legit. But uh, they, have, they have had a history all year of kind of playing to the level of their opposition. And the bad news is that right now they're playing a stretch of, of losing teams and that they play more games uh, down the stretch against losing teams and against winning teams. And based on where they've been all year, uh, that's probably um, bad news for them. And, they, and t- they have not performed well against the teams that they should be. And to make matters worse... They're coming home at the. This is Tuesday. They're coming home at the end of the week, correct? And where where do they play better, home or on the road? On the road. Although let's let's, let's give them let's give them credit. They went seven and three at home on the last homestand. Uh, I thought they handled the heat really well, uh, and they and and they played good teams. They played the the Yankees, the Giants, and in Houston, and and went seven three there. And you would like to think that they were you know, maybe starting to reverse some of those trends that they'd had throughout the season. Then they go to Seattle, and Cole Hamels can't hold a, a, a two-run lead in the middle innings uh, in a series opener, and, and, and that really kind of doomed them because the chances of them beating Felix on Sunday were going to be minimal, and, and that's exactly what happened. But Cole Hamels has pitched okay since he got here. I know they've lost both his starts, but he's pitched okay. You have to say that. He's pitched okay. Um, I, I think there have been was that and, a, and I, was I, that a yawn? Are you yawning at a, me? A slight yawn, Barry. I may. It's possible that I may have traveled all night on Sunday night, gotten no sleep, and um, am still dealing with a bit of a jet lag. It, that, it, it's possible. Evan, uh, you, Evan, but, are you a pro? You're, you've been doing this for how many years now? Uh, a long time. And you sh- you should be used to this. You've had twenty four hours. No, what so I we- should be. What I should be used to is not taking red eyes anymore, and I've got to—I think I've got to change that policy. My, wa- my wife used to forbid me from taking red eyes because I was grumpy for the next forty-eight to seventy-two hours. Yeah, you think you're saving yourself time, and what you end up doing is just uh, costing yourself more on the back end. Has Sin, um, has Sin Su Chu has he been on many red eyes lately, or is he just writing diaries? He's just writing diaries. And, um, and tell us and about. He, it. Well, he he's done a diary in Korean, I think, for the last five or six years um, with a Korean outlet that I believe is called Neighbor Sports. And um, in, in the last entry, which uh, I was sent a kind of a loose translation by um, by somebody from Korea, uh, there were there were some comments in there in which Chu appeared to be 
questioning Jeff Bannister and questioning why he's not playing. And uh, there was some concern over what was actually said. I, this is one of those situations where if you run with what exactly uh, people are saying and you don't go and, and speak to the source directly, I think you, um, you run the risk of being inaccurate. And, and there is something that gets lost in the translation. And, and truthfully, I, I think what, what Chu was, was doing was kind of laying out what is running through his mind. You know, why am I not playing? Um, I've looked at the numbers. Should I be playing? Um, is this the way the manager, um, should handle this stuff? These are all questions that players have. And and what what, what was his conclusions? And I think at the very end, his basic, his basic response was, I have to persevere and I have to play better. And when I talked to him about it, you know, his response to me was the numbers tell the story. If I want to play and I do want to play every day, I still think I'm an everyday player. But if I want to play, I've got to play better. And that's all it was. And I think that there's some, sometimes in, in, in our cultures, I think we're not used to players questioning themselves or going through kind of the deep thought process that we always seem to want to get from players in post-game interviews when it's the, the worst possible time to try and get that. And I think he kind of did that in, in this diary and, and the bottom line is I think he came to the same conclusion that, that everybody has, which is he's not played well against left-handers this year. Um, he has started to make some adjustments in some small sample sizes uh, over the second, over the, uh, since the All-Star break. But still, the overall numbers show that, that he has not played well against left-handers, and he's going to have to show it. He's going to have to show it in the small samples that he gets if he's going to get more playing time against. Them. What if he turns his season around? What if he turns his season around and, and everything becomes good? How much easier does that make that make it for Jeff Bannister and the Rangers? Uh, the task at hand. Well, I, I I don't know that there's any turning it around with six weeks left. I mean, I think he could finish strong, right. but well, exactly what I uh, meant. I don't. I don't know that that's. I don't know long-term what the impact of that is going to be because the bottom line here is still you've got Elvis has played really well for the last month, um, but you've still got the, the situation there where, where Elvis is at the very beginning of a contract that's worth well over $100 million, and is he going to be a burden on the payroll? And you've got Chu, who's also at the beginning of a contract that's well over $100 million, and he seems to be a burden on the payroll. So I, I think that there's going to be no easy decisions come this fall. I think the Rangers are going to have to really consider, you know, can we go forward with Chu as our right fielder? The second part of that, though, is I don't know that right now there's any options to really replace him internally. What, what, if, he, um, what if he gets hot? What if he, get, he gets on a roll the final six weeks, the Rangers make the postseason, and, you know, the season ends happily ever after? Would that be enough? Would would the contract then become? It'll never be worth it. But would it would it be more easy to swallow if the Rangers make the postseason? Oh yeah, and if he has a strong September and and he is a key factor in this team coming back, obviously it's going to change lots of opinions, and it's going to make it's it's going to, um, 
do a bit of affirmation for the Rangers that, hey, this this was the guy that we thought we were getting. But I still don't know that, that long-term that's actually going to be the case. I mean, because you've got, you've got what amounts to two years, uh, a year and, and two-thirds of a season where he has performed well below expectation. Let's, let's, get, let's talk a little bit about the Mariners. What, have, what would have been so bad if the Rangers, instead of signing Chu to the giant contract, had signed maybe Nelly Cruz for to four years for what he got what he got in Seattle, would would everything well, be, be more hunky dory now? I, I think you have to go back a year because when they made the decision, that was when Cruz was 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 coming out of uh, the suspension and the 2013 season, and at that point in time, the Rangers had the option of trying to bring him back on a one-year deal or, 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 or a shorter two, you know, a short kind of two-year deal and, and decided to pass. And they had made him the qualifying offer. They spoke with him um, later during the process and also offered him a, a deal that was ultimately more than he took from, from Baltimore. But at, the point, at that point in time, the Rangers' philosophy with Cruz was, you're going to be our DH and we don't really see you having a role in the outfield. Well, he would have played the outfield, and he would have played the outfield just fine here. Uh, Cruz, is, Cruz is an adequate outfielder. I think the, the vast majority of the Dallas Fort Worth sporting um, populace thinks uh, he dropped that ball in 2011, um, Game and six. he's a bad outfielder. Game six. Yes. Yeah. But I don't know that that I, – I don't think that that's really an accurate – perception of who he is. Who, I don't think who, he's an above-average outfielder, but I think he's an average outfielder. Who would you rather have? I think in, the who, other wait, wait, let me ask you this. Who would you rather have in right field right now? Chu, defensively, Chu or Cruz? Cruz, without, I, I think without a doubt. Defensive, I, I think is, defensively, I would say. Not, defensively, not, yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I think that Nelly still has a, a – I think he has an above-average arm. He's got, you know, average range, and I think he's got, you know, kind of, kind of a little bit below-average – uh, skills when it comes to reading balls, but I, what I've seen from Chu is I haven't seen a very strong arm. I haven't seen a very aggressive approach in the outfield. I think he's been very tentative. Um, but the second part of that whole equation, Barry, is the offense. And where the Rangers were at at that point in time, they thought they needed uh, they needed to get a leadoff hitter who could get on base. They needed to get a guy who could um, work pitchers. They needed to, as I recall, was told about getting smarter and tougher with at-bats after giving a lot of at-bats away. And that's all what led them to Chew. And Chew got this 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 big, giant contract based very much on the idea that he was an on-base guy. And I, I, I think we're now seeing that if you want to talk market inefficiencies, Giving a guy a huge contract based on the got a high on base percentage may be may not be the best uh, the most um, uh, smart accurate way of, of, of gauging you know what a long term value is going to be. Evan, I'm going to ask you now to walk to the window in your hotel room and tell me what it's Tuesday morning. What the weather looks like outside in? I assume you're in Minneapolis. It it was it, it's sunny. How hot? What's the temperature? I haven't been outside yet, Barry. What do you? Were you outside yesterday in Minneapolis? I was outside for a little bit yesterday. What, what, what was the weather? What was the weather like yesterday? We'll assume it's pretty similar today. It was beautiful. 
it was uh, low oh. to mid eighties. Oh. Um, uh, the gentlest of breezes off the Great Lakes, scented by sturgeon and pike. I guess scented? I, I don't know. It was, scented. It, it was lovely. Which Great Lake is it, by the way? I, I'm I'm unfamiliar. Uh, boy, I knew oh. you were going to do that. Oh, somebody take get everybody get out your atlases and tell me what great ever. Somebody tell me. Will somebody in this room of 13 people who are sitting here look at an iPhone and tell me what Great Lake? Minnesota, Minneapolis is near. All right. So if I told you, er, if well, go ahead. Well, let's see. All right, it's it's it, it's on the Mississippi River, which is not a lake, but I think that the, the Great Lake that borders the great state of Minnesota uh, is. Boy, I'm going to screw this up. It's not Ontario. You have it's a tw- not you have a twenty percent chance. Michigan. Is it Erie? Uh, I, uh, it's not Erie. All right. So what are we up? Uh, I'm going to say. You know what it is? It's Lake Superior. Is is that correct? Does everybody here agree? Lake Superior? We don't know. So tell me, if if I told you the Rangers at, at the beginning of the season, uh, in the second week of August, the Rangers would be fifty five and fifty five, four and a half games out, would you have taken it? Uh, would you have told me that after the home opener or before the home opener? But, but as as you were looking at the season before the home opener. Now, what happened in the home opener that 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 possibly could have changed your mind? Did it happen to do with the left-handed pitcher? Yeah, it might have had to do with Derek Holland pitching one inning and then being out for the for to this point the rest of the season. I, I think he'll be back here in the next ten days to two weeks. But uh, you know, you had already lost you Darvish and, and taken Holland out of the mix at that point in time. Left the Rangers. Evan, really I, just, oh, wait, I want breaking news, Evan. I have breaking news for you. Lake Superior is pretty much correct okay awesome um so i i I do think given the fact that they lost what amounts to their number one and number two pitchers uh in the before the end of the first week of the regular season that this team is at 500 uh is is a little bit uh on the on the plus side i would say this that they're this close in both the division and the wild card race is quite surprising. I thought that one of these two races would be kind of out of their grips by now. Um, it, it's very. I think this team is positioned very well that if they can get their one long-term run together, where we're talking, you know, 30, 35 games uh, for the for the final six weeks of the season, they could push right into a wild card spot. It, it, it looks like uh, Minnesota has kind of died on the vine here. Um, the Yankees are. The Yankees look like they're in some trouble, and Toronto may surge past them in the American League East. I think it's entirely possible, if this team can get hot, that both of the wild cards could come out of the American League West. Who? So you? what are you saying? Rangers-Angels maybe? Rangers-Astros? Angels-Astros? Some, some combination? I, I, you know, I, think, I, I also think that that's kind of crazy right now because you look at what the Astros have done, and, and, and they've really hit a rough spot and this is a young team that hasn't had much playoff experience and a lot of guys particularly in that pitching staff who were starting to zoom right past or getting right up against that wall of innings pitch that that, that they've ever had and and so they're going to have a real test here in uh in september i i think the one thing i keep coming back to with martin perez and the possibility of holland um and the the introduction of cole hamels 
who is an experienced 200-inning pitcher, along with workhorses like Gallardo and, and, and Colby Lewis, I think you may have the freshest, um, the freshest and strongest rotation in September, and that's a huge part of, of creating a, a surge in September. But I think the question then comes down to, you know, what happens with the bullpen? And we've seen time and again over the, over the last 10 days that, that Jeff Bannister has, has struggled to make choices on how he wants to use his bullpen because well, Evan, hold it. Whoa. Evan, do, are you moving around your hotel room? We lost you. Uh, let, let me ask you this question. Yes. The bullpen. What's the, what's the issue with the bullpen, Evan? I think it's starting to get a little bit better. Um, the, 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 the arrival of Jake Diekman and, and Sam Dyson has definitely given him some more uh, seventh and eighth inning options, but when you get starters going five innings or or having trouble getting through the six, that's when it really becomes an issue for for Jeff Bannister because he doesn't really have very um, very reliable options there. Also, you look at what's happened in this little kind of hot streak that the Rangers have had, and they have used up Dyson and Deakman and Sam Freeman and Sean Tollison, and they have really worked those guys hard. And Keone Kella, who I expect will be back with the team here before the end of this week, but they had to send Kella out on a minor league assignment simply to get him some rest because he had been worked so hard. So, what are the Cowboys going to do at running back? I just want to throw a curve at you, Cow- uh, You know, I was actually on a baseball show on Friday in the middle of the greatest adventure of my life. I was actually asked that question by Jim Bowden. Well, let me let me. Well, what was the greatest? Since you've lived such an interesting life, what was the greatest adventure of your life, Evan? Yeah, I have not told you this story yet, Barry. Have I? No. Um, apparently, on Friday, I was getting out of a cab to go to Safeco Field for an early morning appearance on a TV show, and la di da. I had not zipped up a bag that I had in, in my possession. And as I got out of the cab, apparently my iPad in its little case fell out of my, uh, of the bag. Um, and I did not realize this until I was another two, three tenths of a mile down the road at Safeco field. By the time I realized it and got back to where the iPad had fallen out, it was no longer there. Um, long story short, uh, I eventually figured out how to track it on my Find My iPhone app. I uh, tracked it. Um, it was apparently moving, so somebody had picked it up and chosen not to try and email me or contact uh, the, the well, how would they know who, how would they how, how could they email you? How would they know who you are? It's an iPad laying, oh, laying have, on the street. Yes. It, it, there were it, it it has my e- email address and all that stuff in there. Anyway, um, I tracked it to Pioneer Square Park, um, and there were a lot of people around, but two people who kind of caught my eye is detective. I don't know, Evan maybe Grant. the kind of people who would pick stuff up off the street and and you, uh, you profiled people. Is that what you I, did? I. I, I did profile people. Oh um, I asked one guy if he uh, if he had found my iPad, um, and he said no, and he started to walk away, and so I thought it was oh, him, started to get, follow him. Get but I checked my iPhone app, 
and the iPhone was not, the iPad was not moving. So I went to the other person who was at that very moment asleep in a planter, um, and on my iPad, uh, through the Find My iPad app, I can make it have make a sound. Ooh. And I had it make a sound. And while the man was sleeping on his knapsack in the planter, uh, his his knapsack started to ring. Oh. And, um, and then when he woke up, I said, excuse me, did you find my iPad today? And he said, no. I said, well, what's that noise? He said, um... Was there a uh, fight? My iPhone. Did, 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 there, did it get violent? No, but I did at one point in time ask him to produce the iPhone that he was asking, that he was claiming that he had, and instead he handed me a baseball glove. Did you have backup security when you were doing this? I, I was all on my own, man. I was flying naked, and what I ended up doing... You were flying naked? Guy, well, I wasn't naked, but I didn't have any backup How much did it cost? Kind of a, How much did it cost 20 you? Bucks. 20 bucks. 20 bucks. So you ransomed your your iPad. He ransomed my iPad. I got it back, but I got the iPad back. It's in fine working order. I've learned a good lesson. Um, what's what's the lesson? Always zip. zip up my bags. All right, let's zip let's, up your flies. Zip up your bags. Let's let's leave let's leave the listeners on a positive high note. Say something positive that'll make people feel good after they heard. You you didn't make a long story short. You made a short story long there, Evan. I just want to tell you that. But go ahead. Okay, tell us you. tell us why everybody should be optimistic this Tuesday morning as they go start to play the Twins and then I think what do they play Tampa Bay and then Seattle. What why should why should Ranger fans be optimistic right now? Well, the, the bottom line still is even though they played to the level of their opponents they have a schedule right now that appears to be favorable. Um, they have more games at home uh, than, than the rest of the teams in the West. They have more games against losing teams than they do against winning teams. All these things still should shape up for this team to finish strong. And I think the addition of the extra arms that they're going to get here gives this team the, the, the real chance to at least play meaningful games deep into September. Evan, I just want to say thank you. I'm a little, I'm a little sorry you didn't grab that iPad that was truly yours and take it and and be forceful. But it only cost you twenty dollars, and um, I, I hope next week you have a, a better story, a more interesting story. When you're here, you'll be here in studio next week, correct? I will. I'll bring a story with me. Bring a story with you, and uh, maybe some Ranger wins uh, till we see you, Evan. For episode Sweet Sixteen on Upon Further Review, I bid you. Adieu. Adieu, Barry.